Hello and welcome everyone. You are listening to the Cloud Core podcast brought to you by NordCloud. If you want to get in contact with our guests or the NordCloud team, you can contact the NordCloud profiles on social media using the hashtag CloudCore, or you use the contact form on our website. The details can be found in the show notes. And today I have with me my colleague Jakub, who is head of software solutions at NordCloud. Jakub, why don't you introduce yourself a bit and tell us more about who you are and what you're doing at NordCloud? Yes, thank, thanks for having me. So long story short, my current role is I'm responsible for any software we develop either directly for the market, meaning our Clarity software as a service, let's say family of products, or the software that we produce uh, for our internal usage to make sure uh, all the the other departments are as efficient as possible using uh, our automation platforms. Actually, I've joined NordCloud four years ago as just as a software engineer working on user interface for, for one of the internal products. But since NordCloud invested quite heavily into this uh, software offering during the years, I kind of ended up first as an engineering lead and then leading the whole uh, department. Actually, I started leading the whole department Two, uh, two months ago, I guess, yeah, that, that's about it. And previously I've spent um, like 10 years as, uh, as um, let's say, software engineer focused on front-end development. So I, I worked with many startups before. Long story short, that's my professional career. All right, thank you very much for allowing us to have a quick look into your, into your history. Just to make sure that the listeners get it right, what you're saying is NordCloud does not just offer software development services to clients, but we are also offering software, you know, as it is to our clients, which are then uh, external clients and even internal clients, uh, uh, as you already said. Is that correct? Yes. So, like, initially, my department was labeled as internal R&D. So we never thought about selling the software we are producing. It was more like enabling uh, automation for managed cloud department or helping professional services with um, landing zone deployments uh, using, you know, tools that were created kind of in-house. But we kind of realized that tools are quite cool and customers could benefit from using them. So we invested in uh, software as a service go-to-market activities, and we've built uh, two products uh, that are now used more outside of NordCloud than, than, than inside of NordCloud. And it's Clarity Core, our uh, FinOps tool. Uh, so, so basically cloud cost management enablement product. And second one is Image Factory, where we kind of generalized golden image pipeline to the extent possible we've baked in all the knowledge we have so those pro uh, so those two products are uh, are being sold openly on the market we have direct deals for software only we even had customers that were never NordCloud customers for serve for other services for example uh, a customer from, from united states and NordCloud never operated uh, in the united states with direct sales of our services, but nothing stopped us from selling software there. So we kind of, th this business is growing with, with its own pace, this, this, this software part. And this is what my department does. And now with the partnership or, you know, with, with NordCloud being acquired by IBM, 
did that even grow the range of customers that you are seeing? You know, how how is that affecting the business? Yeah, oh, there, there there are there are like multiple ways this acquisition changed how we operate in terms of the software part of the business because from pure sales purpose, sales or or, or customer market per, point of view, we kind of opened the business for many different geographical, uh, let's say, places. Like, of course, we now have very well-defined go-to-market in cooperation with IBM in the United States, but 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 IBM is is huge company. So, for example, there is this cool uh, software that is now owned by IBM that it's called Turbonomic. And as we went to, uh, with the the processes of getting to know the IBM side, we kind of realized that Clarity and Turbonomic are, let's say, uh, complementary when it comes to cloud cost management. Like Clarity is more focused on visibility of the cost, ownership of the resources and their costs, reporting, showback, adding actionability on top of recommendation. And Turbonomic is great recommendation and automation platform for executing those uh, recommendations so now we are like we've kick-started our uh, common go-to-market like this so-called better together story so like if customers want to feel the whole um, the whole journey with uh, tooling like they, they can get best of both tools uh, and now they they are actually integrated, so so Clarity will show you recommendations coming from Turbonomic, and I think there are, this is just an example. There are endless possibilities in IBM, um, or for us to cooperate with different parts of IBM uh, with those go-to-market activities. And for sure, we are like getting new customers uh, that would never be interested in, uh, or maybe not not interested but that would never you know uh, come up and, and work with Nordcloud directly and they work with IBM and we have great opportunity to upsell our products there of course and help the customers with their cost journey so you already mentioned multiple times the term cost and cloud and, and spend and even finops and this is our today's topic, uh, although we will we'll be talking about clarity of course and that's a great tool but I want to talk a bit more broadly about the term FinOps and how this affects the market. How did your journey with FinOps start? When I was hired four years ago, it was because NordCloud has this capacity resale business, meaning we are reselling uh, hyperscalers capacity to our customers. There are many reasons uh, customers would want to buy capacity through third party, not directly from hyperscaler. One of those is we can add custom discounts even for smaller customers. But with this comes the challenge that we need to provide the customers with dedicated cost management tool. This is actually how my journey with, with in general, cloud cost management started. We didn't even call it FinOps back then. But uh, I, I was basically uh, responsible for engineering part of, 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 this, of this product. But I think it's particularly interesting. So, so kind of like if you think about cloud cost management, it changes a lot on the market. Uh, organizations need to prepare for, um, uh, for actual, actually leveraging the cloud. So uh, I think 
that having a good framework for cloud cost management, and if we call, if we call it FinOps or just cloud cost management, it doesn't matter, but having good framework that leverages the uh, variable cost model of cloud instead of fighting against this model, uh, that's the only way to actually succeed uh, with public cloud. And I don't remember any particular moment that, you know, something uh, in my head says, actually, you are a software engineer here, but this FinOps is very interesting thing. It was very natural. I think like this is very, like my nature is very, uh, being very T-shaped and not, the, the, the T is not very deep, if you know what I mean. And I think FinOps is kind of exactly this. It's like uh, making sure a lot of different stakeholders are aligned and are cooperating. And I think this was the, 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 the moment when I realized actually I could invest into that more. I, we could probably become part of Finops Foundation and, and so on, so far. So kind of, it was like natural match for, for, for what I, what I like to do, what I like to learn about, what I like to focus, it's it's more like cross organization organization challenge driven by engineering. I would I would say this is what got me uh, to FinOps. And then of course, naturally, when we started creating FinOps tooling or cloud cost management tooling that was about to be sold directly on the market as software as a service, then we needed to go deep. We started certifying like majority of software engineers in my team are FinOps certified practitioners and so on and so forth. So like it came really naturally out of uh, customers' needs and company needs. Before we dive deeper into, you know, frameworks and, and what you what you said about how you execute FinOps and, and what tools you use, maybe uh, it makes sense to quickly go over a definition. So how do you define FinOps and what is FinOps for you? Well, I could, of course, probably read the definition from FinOps Foundation, but I think listeners can check that. So, so there is there is no need for me to do this. But I think when it comes to FinOps is allowing your organization to leverage and make use of this variable cost model of cloud and making sure that your organization is not fighting against the distributed decision-making model but is actually embracing the model. So what we've got with like, I would say recent revolutions on the market, uh, like DevOps revolution, like agile revolution, well, maybe this is not that recent, but uh, is that we are uh, giving more and more freedom, but in the same time, responsibility and accountability to engineering teams. And like, we say that developers, when we think about DevOps, we say that developers should uh, build it, run it, and own it, and so on and so forth. And I think FinOps is adding just one final piece. So if you are using public cloud, you, you need to build it, own it, run it the best way possible in, let's say, environment you have. But then on top of it, you need to understand how much it costs and how your engineering decisions are uh, influencing cost uh, that uh, of the infrastructure, so uh, or, or the TCO even of application, because it's not only about infrastructure; it's, it's about all the cost that you generate as, as as engineer. So I really think this is this is the core of FinOps. So I think many of uh, many of uh, P, uh, companies focus only on cost saving, and of course that's the that's the let's say the outcome of launching a proper cloud cost cloud cost management framework, but 
I would emphasize more the part where uh, where those distributed decision making uh, engineering teams they are empowered to use the cloud uh, efficiently. So, assuming a company wants to start moving to the cloud, they have you know normal bare metal servers uh, and they are hosting their applications in house, and now they want to move in the cloud, and they have heard about this term called FinOps. And they want to do this at the same time, and they want to sort of apply certain rules and, and best practices at the same time. How can they get started moving their organization into a FinOps journey as well? I think majority of, uh, let's say, companies that are uh, looking at FinOps, they, they do it a little bit too late. Well, maybe not too late, but... The price tag for enabling FinOps at company that is already in the cloud for many months or years is significantly higher than if you plan your plan your let's say cloud cost management framework as you kickstart your cloud journey. So um, I think like what we what we are observing on the market and it's kind of confirmed but when we are talking to um, let's say our competitors on the market or um, or head of cloud cost uh, uh, enablement uh, team uh, or, or in general are somewhere there in the organization when the when the initial interest into into FinOps star, starts but I don't think that there is a general rule so sometimes like very much two different departments first of course engineers because suddenly they need to and engineering in general because suddenly they need to um, take another factor into everything they do and it's ongoing cost of infrastructure and TCO of their environments. But then on the other hand, it touches finance. So it's really like, it's really tempting to clo close the cloud. Like there is this document from Gartner that describes how cloud cost management should be done in general. And uh, it says that Basically, it's very connected with two different ways of how cloud is consumed at a company. There's uh, so 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 in traditional IT, uh, the the IT department was like kind of in the middle between the consumers of the cloud, meaning uh, of the of the of the infrastructure, meaning engineers, meaning you know, software uh, software development teams. Then there were there was IT. They communicated with IT, and the IT uh, ordered you know bare metal servers for them, like once every year or once every three years. And this model can be still used in uh, with, with public cloud. It's just it makes no sense to use public cloud like this because you lose the main benefit, the agility of the cloud. Uh, so 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 you need to kind of figure out with your f uh, finance department that you will no longer have strict budgets or those those budgets uh, will not be you, you of course you will still do forecasting and a lot of stuff there but uh, but 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 you are not like buying on the 1st of january uh, the stuff for the whole year that you will have upfront so that's kind of major change that, that that finance needs to understand that from capex you go to opex and actually the 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 cost will be ongoing and not just every time approved uh, so so the finops role is kind of to make sure that you can talk set common language between finance and 
uh, engineering and to some extent it will be very different among customers so we saw sometimes we saw finance people very uh, invested into this uh, process and sometimes we we see uh, finance being only informed about this by engineering that hey we're now going to providing you reports like this and so on and so forth so so it's very different between uh, different organizations uh, there is no single recipe like this is cultural change like uh, deep in deep under the hood finops is just cultural change that company needs to go through so said that i think every everybody understands that every company culture is different so so this is why there it, it's not a it's not a tool or product game this this, this finops finops is actually should be driven by very very smart advisory on even organization level not even on it level only so it seems that finops is a lot about trust you know engineering needs to trust finance that they are not just interested in cutting costs and finance and i think this is even more important uh, needs to trust the, the new tooling the new setup and everything that um, it is not blowing their budget because at the end of the day, <laughs> you need to, you know, you need to be able to finance uh, your infrastructure cost. How can FinOps, the FinOps framework and then maybe tooling as in Clarity and others support that trust and help both parties to come together and then work on the same goal, which at the end of the day is making business with whatever they are building in the cloud? Uh, when we were discussing the initial, uh, let's say, Clarity vision, one of the core ideas we've had is that Clarity is actually uh, a tool that allows you to set one language that all the all the parties can speak with. And I fully agree that it's all about trust. It's trust between finance, engineering and business, of course, because the business side is always somewhere there uh, like making sure that, uh, that, 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 that the application bring the value to the company, that the applications that, that, that are actually managed using this framework. But what I think it's the trust can be built with, uh, we have this idea uh, at NordCloud about FinOps, that, that FinOps comes with certain hierarchy of needs. Uh, if you think about those hierarchies, they are basically pyramids. And at the bottom of FinOps, pyramid and it's crucial part to be to actually build the trust to actually uh, make sure everybody understands what's happening and how it how it how it should be the crucial part the at the very bottom is the ability to allocate the cost and identify the ownership of the cost that's the, the so, so so it's kind of real-time reporting part uh, the ability to make sure that Whatever happens, you always know who owns this piece of the of the cloud bill and how to communicate with this person. And this person should understand if certain change in cost structure is caused by something that is positive. Because in the cloud, if cloud is used, used properly by engineering, then if you got higher cost, it probably means that the, 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 the volume of the traffic that goes through your application went up significantly so your business is growing so higher cost is not the worst thing in this uh, in the in the circumstances and i really think that this bottom uh, part of this pyramid that we figured out 
uh, this, uh, this, this, this ability to understand your cost structure and ownership of this cost is the, is the let's say, fundamental thing when, when it comes to building the trust. Because I saw many time finance struggling to understand the cost structure, spending many hours in Excel trying to allocate the cost against applications. And uh, once this is solved, everything starts to be much, uh, let's say, much more in place when it comes to further cost optimization, like following recommendations and so on and so forth. And it works both ways, because if you as head of DevOps at the company, you would get a list of cost saving recommendations for your environments. And that would be a list of 2000 uh, recommendations. You would, uh, without any ownership attached to every single item, you would think like, yeah, this is unmanageable and just went to go I went and do all, all something <laughs> more entertaining or something you feel more urgent and doable. But if you would get, if every product owner, every application owner would get list of only the servers that they own and recommendations that are basically tied to their infra part of infrastructure, that makes it really easy to follow, right? So, 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 so really, uh, if there's one thing that is hard to overestimate the value of it would be this ability to allocate the cost and that builds the trust that builds the uh the the further development of the framework did you ever run into an engineering team or a devops team that at the end of the day said no this is too much visibility we don't want this no never to be honest like when we when we speak with customers uh once we go through this initial phase of cost allocation which is often painful because if you have messy environment like no proper tagging structure no proper proper account structure this is what clarity helps you with because you can build custom rules and then allocate everything but actually we often uh, saw that this is the first time the application owners and engineers can can see their stuff and they start acting on top of it because if you have three recommendations, verifying all, all of them, three recommendations a month, because you only have 10 servers and three are, are, are out of those are to be right sized, then it's really, you know, maybe not easy task, but pretty straightforward and will take you like one hour with your engineer to make sure that you can follow or you should ignore the recommendations. You just mentioned right sizing. I love this term because it's exactly... Uh, what is wrong about some perceptions of FinOps when it is just about saving cost. And and I like the fact that, that this term is out there and sometimes it's, you know, taken too negatively. If you need the capacity and if you need the throughput, then size it to your um to your to your needs. How is Turbonomic tying into this? Turbonomic in general is great application uh, management software. So they provide you with uh, recommendations that many customers are like trusting more than uh, those that are coming for hyperscalers for many reasons. They, they so so Turbonomic is is providing with recommendations in both ways. So either downgrading, like just going down with amount of resources your uh, VM has, but going up as well. And this is very important piece to think about. And another FinOps pillar that is very important is that you should always think about TCO for those, uh, uh, so, so total cost of ownership of a VM and not only 
on the infrastructure cost because examples among our customers that uh, lower cost of uh, of the infrastructure itself was generating high uh, volume of uh, of uh, operation team uh, tickets basically for in, in in our example it it is managed cloud that gets a lot of tickets then that the, and then customer is built not directly by aws or or gcp or azure with uh, with the infrastructure but the bill is hidden in this in the services that we provide for them when we are dealing with incidents because there are too less uh resources on those vms so 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 the answer here is like you with cloud you can focus on tco and you can be very dynamic nothing stops you from scaling uh, up and down uh, as the demand grows and so on and so forth. So, so I really like the, uh, like the term, the, the, this term too, because it, it, it tells that, hey, we are not focusing on cost savings. We are making sure that, uh, that you run not less and not more, but only what you need in the cloud. And this is why cloud is so cool. You can do it and it's, it's much more harder with on-prem servers. We spoke already about two in inverted commas topics like DevOps and of course FinOps. Now there is a third term in the game and who knows how many uh, ops topics there will be in the future all around the distributed decision-making. But now there is this term going around like that is called green ops. Uh, what is that and how does it tie into FinOps and the the, the other XOps topics? This, this green ops, uh, uh... We, we've joined the train uh, autumn last year, and it was because the top uh, challenge of cloud cost management that is reported like every year uh, by FinOps practitioners is like making sure that engineers are actually following their recommendations. It doesn't mean that they always need to apply the recommendations, but at least they check the recommendations and verify if they are valid and nothing will be harmed by right sizing uh the, the the vms following the recommendations and uh kind of we're looking for different approaches to this because like even i if i have uh let's say my team owns three vms and the recommendation says that i can save 100 euros a month that's that that that's quite a lot for one server anyway but but it's not huge amount of money from company perspective right and and developer and slash engineer hours they are not for free so it's kind of uh, the, the 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 incentive is kind of not there of course if you are in a very cost saving mode at your company then it makes sense to even follow those but sometimes when you deal with this triangle of quality speed and cost, this cost will be just ignored by engineers because from their perspective, it's not a lot of money. So we, we were thinking about different incentives that we could provide to them. And my colleague, uh, uh, Kasper Andersen, who is commercial lead, so he's responsible for uh, all the sales and go-to-market activities that we have uh, in Clarity, he he like kind of accident, accidentally uh, talked about this to, to unicorn founders um, in Denmark and they said that one of the incentives could be uh, making sure that we show how much of the um, carbon footprint can be uh, 
or 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 CO two emission can be avoided if we right size the uh, 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 the, the 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 cloud environments, and this is how we started. So we basically are now showing uh, your footprint and how you can optimize your footprint or or lower your footprint in this uh, in this uh, particular example. Uh, by making sure you're only using what you want because uh, what you need that's the that's the core piece of finops making sure that everything you use is exactly what you need and that's that's that kind of unique uh, opportunity because if you have uh, if you will follow cost saving recommendations that will bring you uh, emission savings that's very unique opportunity. Like if you think about it and compare it, like you you have your manufacturer and you want to modernize it so it's more green. It's huge investment usually. You need a lot of money to to make sure that 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 the manufacturing uh, gets more environmental friendly. But on the other hand, like if you invest in FinOps processes and FinOps enablement at your company, this is small investment. And it will immediately pay out with both being more green and start saving money or at least understanding that you spent your money efficiently on the cloud. So, so this is what green ops means for us, but I think it's very broad term because there are many different uh, aspects of uh, sustainable IT operations that are not that connected with FinOps. Uh, or in or I don't know engineering uh, incentivization and they are more connected with uh, you know state or government required reports and stuff like this. Of course, we are we are not doing this as part of clarity. We more like we are more focused on this incentiv incentivization side with our green ops features. This green ops movement or the green ops activities even impact the choice of a hyperscaler at the end of the day yes and we ha we we have customers that are asking for this and of course i don't want to like it's obvious that 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 gcp was uh, or google cloud they were more focused on this uh on early days of this let's say green ops uh, i wouldn't even call it movement it's like more Buzzwords that is just following the 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 broader trend of focusing company uh, uh, focus on sustainability, right? So 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 I I don't think that it's like it's very driven by FinOps Foundation for for cloud usage, but in general it's very broad broad term. This GreenOps. Long story short, I think that uh, that 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 it can influence a lot because even between re regions in AWS, like. If you don't have any, you know, uh, security policies that that or or availability availability reasons, then different areas of the world on different level of sustainability and and so so you can even choose between deploying to different regions based on uh, their emission, let's say, indexes. Is there a plan for clarity to support this decision as well? Clarity is more of a reporting tool. And this is more connected with like migrating because like the TCO, and I mean, there are many factors you need to dial in 
when when it comes to selecting the cloud provider or selecting the region and so on and so forth, it's more than cost or sustainability. So 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 it's kind of really hard to 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 build it into the tool. But we are thinking about as part of Clarity family, but not part of Clarity Core, the FinOps reporting tool. This for sure will be still focused on reporting only. But we are thinking about building a service catalog that would that will tell you. Hey, if you deploy this particular piece of infrastructure as a code, it needs to be probably something more generalized than what is what is what what is there on the market now. Then it will bring you this 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 cost structure and this uh, emission structure. But that is like say far away on the roadmap. Like not maybe even a concept in few heads than than, than roadmap item for now. Do you think that green ops can help us understand, or green ops, or, or the maybe even the the thinking behind it and the the way you analyze your your cloud utilization, uh, help us understand as private people what our carbon footprint is, even if we're using cloud services like Netflix and so on and so forth. Maybe, like I think the push of the green ops is bringing hyperscalers to the to, to, to the place where they no longer can avoid sharing reports uh so like the for, for many for many years the reports were very uh basic uh there, there was not enough depth there was not enough details and granularity and now it's changing as far as we know uh all the hyperscalers are working on advanced reporting this year so what I'm saying that is that even probably Netflix, well, maybe Netflix is huge customer, so they they have probably everybody at AWS on speed dial. But you know what I mean? Like there's uh, even even those huge companies they they, they were struggling struggling to understand their cloud uh, footprint. So 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 in the long run, I think uh, the fact that the, the sustainability became major topic for all the hyperscalers now um, it will help calculate uh, the footprint of end services for sure and this is why uh, hyperscalers are putting more effort into it right because their customers demand it because customers like netflix like even clarity we are asked to provide our reports uh, how sustainable we are and we actually don't know until aws tells us because we are heavy heavy serverless users so there is no way of estimating it even that's true um yeah and uh, in in germany we've got even the um requirement from uh big enterprises to i think yearly report on their environmental footprint so uh it's certainly something that even is part of the law now and they need support for that. So it's it's good that this movement is out there um, in that regard. Um, to broaden the view a bit, where do you see XOps and FinOps and green ops in particular in the next three years? The asterisk ops, the asterisk ops, let's say, uh, it's it's really important movement and we can see even very traditional companies with strong you know ITIL uh background and so on and so forth they are they, they they see that that this devops and this uh, because 
all of those, uh, like I even once tried to combine all of them so it would be like dev, sec, bin, green ops. This is basically, this is basically about empowering the distributed decision making and providing those those people with all the information they need to act as good as they can and of course bring accountability there because with if we give them more freedom we we need to make them accountable for those decisions so it it's all about the the the, the trust that you mentioned before when it when uh, when it comes to finops and so on and so forth but i think that it proves to be efficient like the, there is this book it's called accelerate i highly recommend that for 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 ever, anybody that is close to engineering in any sense it basically measures uh, the efficiency of companies that are using devops and uh, you can suddenly compare there that if you, you if you if you run proper devops and i think the secops this greenops this finops is just part of this DevOps motion to some extent, like company will never allow you to be full DevOps if you run public cloud without cloud cost management in place, right? That 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 will never happen. So you need to cover that, and it's just way more efficient than old old ways of working. So, and this book proves it, like the times of uh, delivery, time to market, which is the I I think the most important factor. For majority of IT departments and uh, and engineering organizations, this 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 is way higher compared to to traditional long term planning without uh, without proper ownership and 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 empowered engineering teams. So, I think there's a future for for there. We just need to make sure that we'll not end up as with agile movements where when a lot of agile implementations are really against the agile principles that that were stated uh, those almost 30 years ago totally agree thank you very much jakob thanks for sharing time and your insight with us yeah i wish you all the best for for the finops and greenops movement and i thank you for for all the great things that you and your team have already done Thank you for listening to this episode of Cloud Core by NordCloud. I hope you tune in for the next episode too. Bye.